Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike O'Kelly. On this episode, I sit down with host of the podcast, Dream Job with Danielle Kobo, speaker, soon-to-be author, sales trainer, sales leader, and career coach, Danielle Kobo. She's going to talk about how she turned her passion for helping other people into a business and walking away from management in a Fortune 500 company to chase her dream and her passion. She's going to tell you all about it. And if you're looking to advance in your career or you're looking to get into sales, she's a great person to mentor you and help you along the way. As always, please like, share, comment, reach out to the show. We really do appreciate it. Now, on with the show. Intro. The Surviving Outside Sales Podcast, hosted by Mike O'Kelly, presented by Rhythm AI. The goal is to get in, dominate, then get out. Surviving Outside Sales. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. With me is Danielle Kobo, who is an expert in the corporate world. She spent over 15 years leading a Fortune 500 company. She's a sought-after trainer and professional speaker. Danielle, thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm great. Trying to battle the very cold weather we're having here uh, in North Carolina. I can't wait till spring, but you know, I guess that's this time of year. It just gets cold. And so we'll just, we'll move ahead. Florida, it's hot here. Oh, <laughs> I'll oh, trade wow. you spots. Exactly. Yeah. I would absolutely love some, some warm weather right now, but what, what part of Florida? I'm in the Tampa area. Okay. I was actually there last uh, June. I actually, I absolutely love the Tampa area. So yes, I will take you up on that offer. I need to go down to Florida again. Hopefully, you know, we can swap some weather, get a little bit of coolness. We get some heat, but I digress. Thank you so much for joining. If you're not familiar with Danielle, she has been everywhere. We were speaking beforehand. I actually saw you on Good Morning America several years ago for a viral video. So when it, when we got connected, it was it was an absolute uh, treat to schedule this. So, where do you want to start with your background? Letting the audience, if they're not familiar with you, uh, what do you want them to know? Where do you want to start? I'll let you take it from here. Well, I started my career in medical sales. My first medical sales job was not too not too uh, far outside of college. I started my career when I was 23 years old. When I started to get into medical sales. It's hard to break into, as many people know. It's kind of a hard industry to break into. So I went to a trade show. I had my brag book, which consisted at 23 years old, consisted of you know my driving record, maybe <laughs> some letters of recommendations from yeah. when a server in college. So I had my little brag book and I had my resumes, and I went to a trade show, and I re, you know I met with every manager at the trade show, handed him my resume. And then from there I interviewed and I was able to break into medical sales that way. I spent five and a half years in dental sales, selling digital imaging, practice management software. I had an amazing career there. I was able to earn four back-to-back president's trips. So I was used to going on a paid lavish vacation. I always say you don't win awards, you earn them. It's a lot of hard work, especially in capital equipment when majority of your business is hunter prospecting all the time. So I started there and then I transitioned into medical aesthetics. I was recruited into medical aesthetics. I actually wasn't looking for a job at the time, 
but then I sold capital equipment and medical aesthetics. And then from there, I worked for a fortune 500 company for the past seven years. And I was leading a team across five States. But I think what's really unique about my story is when I was interviewing for this fortune 500 company, I was interviewing for a sales rep position. And when I'm, when I was interviewing, the hiring manager asked me, well, would you be interested in management? And I said, well, yeah, I'd be, I would definitely be interested in management. That was one of my goals that I had on my vision board and my career plan, but I had no direct management experience. And I was interviewing as an outsider and this is a fortune 500 company, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I ended up interviewing. It was a six, six panel interview for three hours. You know, I had to do a SWOT SWOT analysis on how I was going to lead this team. It was typically the poorest performing team in the nation. I ended up getting the job and was able to take that team to number one within two years. Wow. That's absolutely incredible. And what, which company was that with? It was with Allergan Aesthetics. They're now owned by Abby. We've been through several, when I was there, we went through several acquisitions. I mean, that, that story right there is fantastic. And the, the thing that I picked up at the beginning was you've obviously had a lot of success. You've won a lot of awards. Just speaking with you, you're very dynamic and you know exactly what you're doing. And you've even given me some tips for those who, who have been listening. She has a podcast as well, The Dream Job with Danielle Kobo. And she was giving me tips on things that I need help with as a podcaster. So I appreciate that. But the one thing that I really picked up on was, and I hope that if you're listening, you also picked up on this as well, is... She went to the source. People were not reaching out to her because a lot of times opportunity is not going to hunt you down because if you're hidden or you don't have the experience, you're going to have to go after it. And she, even without a packed resume, which a lot of people in their twenties, if you're listening right now and you're trying to get into sales, you don't have a lot of experience. So you have to show that initiative that, look, I'm going to do what other people aren't going to do. So you walked around and you weren't getting paid for that. The goal was to get the job. And so you did whatever it could. And so I think that it's no surprise how successful you were with that type of mentality. Um, If you're listening right now, if you're not getting opportunities, you're not getting in front of people, you sometimes have to force the issue. Let them know that you are here and you are ready and willing. So that was one of the takeaways. Obviously, there was a lot more. So you go in and was there something that they told you that they were looking at you as management when you weren't even thinking about that? Was there a quality? Was there a statement? How did that even come up? Oh, that's a great question. Because what happened was when I was in dental sales, there was an opportunity. And you talk about create the opportunity. If it doesn't exist, create it. And I'm a big advocate for that. Because sometimes what happens is we're in corporate America, we just continue to climb the corporate ladder or we go positions because they're there. A lot of times there, you can actually create a position if it doesn't exist, as long as you see the opportunity for it. So when I was in dental sales, we didn't have an official sales trainer. You know, I kept, I continued to see us hire new hires and I would mentor them there was an opportunity to get them accelerated through the training program faster. Every time we went through the national sales training or the national sales meeting, it was always about product. What we lacked and where there was an opportunity was actual sales training, leadership training, career development training. So what I did is I, with my manager's permission, I said, Hey, I'd like to put together a business proposal to create a position for the national sales director. So I had the title, I had 
the compensation package laid out, where there'd be a salary, what the job description was going to be, bonuses would be paid out by how quickly new hires would achieve their quota and exceed their quota. And it was a full business proposal. And I ended up presenting it to the VP of sales. They were going to open up the position. I ended up, ended up not going for the position because I was recruited into a different industry. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons why that was still a valuable uh, process to go through is it taught me to create things. If it doesn't exist, you can create the position. Also, when I was interviewing for that position for the rep position, but they ended up having me interview for the leadership position, it was because of that business proposal. Mm-hmm. I was explaining to her what I had created and why I was so passionate about sales and helping people and mentoring and being a leader. And after I had gone that pro- through that per business proposal, that's when she asked me, have you thought about leadership? So she saw the leadership skills in me, even though I didn't have that stacked resume. I mean, you're out here playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. I, I have to tell you. And where did you learn all of this? Did you have a mentor when in your 20s or is it just something innate or is there life experience that taught you just to go after this? Because the, the, the way you talk about it is it's actually quite refreshing. There's a veracity without an aggression. Does that make sense? It's not yeah. a in your face. I'm just going to run over people. It is just, this is what I want. I'm going to figure out how to either create it or go after it. Where did that come from? So there is a very pivotal moment in my life. I was raised by a mother that was bipolar. She actually kidnapped me when I was two years old. And when I was 17 years old, she kicked me out of the house. You know, we got one of those big blow up fights And she kicked me out of the house. And I'll never forget the day that the school counselor met me and said, if you don't go back home, you're never going to accomplish anything in life. And that was the pivotal coming from a school counselor. (laughs) (laughs) The irony of that one. Way to to go. (laughs) Yeah, the irony of that one. And it was that pivotal, pivotal moment in my life where I said, I can either listen to that person or I can create the life that I want. Mm. So I put all my clothes in four trash bags and I rotated to my friend's house and I stayed at different friends' houses every couple of weeks until I can graduate high school. I was working full-time in high school. So I always knew that I always knew that I wanted to be successful. I always knew that if in order to be successful, you get creative perseverance is key. Resiliency is key. And to continue to go after your goals, no matter what the naysayers out there are, Cause you tell me I can't do something. I'm going to go, Oh, watch me, <laughs> watch me. I'll go ahead and create it. I'm also a big advocate. Like you said, it's not a matter of bulldozing people. My passion really comes from helping people thrive in all areas of their life. So mm-hmm. a lot of the times when I'm working with clients, when I'm coaching them with clients, it's, Hey, I'm completely burnt out. How do I create balance in my life? How do I set boundaries? How do I work smarter, not harder. And that's a lot of the things that I work with, with my clients based off of learning lessons that I've had throughout my life. You some, a lot of times you can, you can turn life's biggest challenges into your greatest strength. And I think that's where it comes from. No, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. When you were talking, it actually reminded me, I had something similar in sports. 
whereas you had it in life. And so mine was not as serious as yours. But I remember I, I went to a very small school in Richmond and I, I always wanted to play in the big leagues. I made it to professional baseball, but I, I wanted to play in the big leagues. And I had a lot of teammates and roommates and friends that played in the big leagues I and mean, had very nice big league careers. But I had teachers and I had coaches of other sports. And I remember one, he said, you need to give up on that. Nobody from St. Christopher's ever makes it big time in sports. You need to focus on your grades. You need to go to a a really good college, which I did. I went to William & Mary. So I got to do both, play baseball and go to a good school. But when he said that, it was like the biggest chip on my shoulder. Like, how dare you try to crush my dream? Why why can't I dream? There's always going to be people that are going to say, you can't do it. And a lot of times those people are afraid that you are going to leave them behind or you're going to achieve something that they wish they could have and they didn't. And so you're always going to run into negative people. They're always going to say things about you. And I kind of feel the same way you do. Like, I don't really care what people say, but I just think that the the takeaway and you said it so eloquently is just not allowing somebody to, to bring you down and just focus on what you were doing. So you've been very successful in your career, but when was the time where you knew you had to go out on your own, leave corporate America and run a business for yourself? I don't think I knew it was the right time. <laughs> I, yeah. I, if you were to tell me a year and a half from ago that I would be doing this, I would say absolutely not. Mm. And it, right. So my husband was deployed. He got back from his deployment. He served a year deployment. Mm-hmm. He got back in January, late January. And when he was deployed, I was traveling. I, I covered five States. I was leading a team. I was doing overnights every week. I had one and a half year old twin boys and a husband deployed. And when he came back two months later, after he came back, my mom, well, my mom committed suicide. And then, and then from there COVID hit Mm. and it was this storm of kind of where do I want my life to be? What do I want to do? What am I passionate about? And there's a quote that sits, I have a if I ever look up, it's my vision board that sits above my desk. I create a vision board every year. I set goals for myself every year. And on this vision board, it says people don't get promoted for doing their job well. They get promoted for the potential that other people see in them. Oh, wow. And I left this company that I had been with. I felt like it was, I was very stuck in a particular role. Everybody within our division didn't promote upward or outward and other divisions. And so I said, okay, if I'm going to accelerate my career, I'm, I'm going to leave. So I leave. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I'm interviewing for different companies because all I knew is being in corporate America and nothing just really felt right. It didn't resonate. And so I wrote down, what do I love about my job? And what do I dislike about my job? Okay. Well, I love mentoring people. I love coaching people. I love working alongside with my team and creating individual development plans to accelerate them in their career. It was really exciting to see people on my team. I had people on my team that earned rep of the year, rookie of the year, people that got promoted into different roles. That's what I loved. What I didn't love was getting on top of people for sending their forecast in, doing their expense reports, logging their calls, and all the HR stuff that goes along with it. I'll be choice on my words. There's a lot of other words I'd use for that word. (laughs) So that's what I didn't love. And I'll never forget a recruiter. I was working with a recruiter and I was mentoring people on the side. And a recruiter said, Danielle, why are you looking for a job? 
She's like, I hear the passion that you have for coaching people versus when we're talking about working for a company, you need to go out and be a career coach. I didn't even know what a career coach was. I never had a career coach. I saw that there was there was a lack of resources out there for professionals who want to learn on how to accelerate their career and mm-hmm. create a safe environment because you can have mentors inside your organization and that's valuable. You want to also have a space where you can have very candid, open conversations about the struggles you're experiencing in your current role, where you want to go. Do I stay with this company? Do I go to a different company? If I want to be a VP of sales, how am I going to get there? What's the trajectory going to look like? How do I prepare for those roles? What skill sets am I going to need? And so I ended up saying, okay, well, I'm going to try this. I guess I'm, I'm going to start a business and no intentions in starting a business. <laughs> and, you know, within one year have built a very successful business, launched a podcast and I'm continuing to stretch outside my comfort zone. I'm working on a TEDx talk right now. I'm writing a book right now and doing some more speaking engagements. So it's ever evolving. But yeah, I had, I had no intentions, I would say, a couple of years ago doing what I do now. But I love it. Surviving Outside Sales podcast is brought to you by Rhythm AI. If you are in outside sales, check out RhythmAI.com. That's R-I-T-H-M-A-I.com. The sales enablement tool that will help outside sales teams build their best sales days every day. Rhythm. Prospecting, targeting, and routing simplified. Everything an outside sales team needs, nothing it doesn't. Try for $1 for the first month today. That's RhythmAI.com. Now back to the show. I think you're right on that you need to do something you're highly passionate about. I I wish I would have had somebody like you as a manager, but it's very interesting because you were doing very well at your job and then you kind of took, you took a massive risk. Would you say you're, you're are a risk taker or did this just feel so good? You were like, this isn't a risk. I know this is going to work. That is such a great question because I had a 360 performance review done on me. And I don't know for those of you that know a 360 or not, but 360 is when they sent a survey to everybody on my team, all my immediate peers that are managers, as well as a couple of levels up. And they fill out this survey and they put the comments in, and then you get this analysis back. And I have mixed emotions about 360s. They can either set you up for success or they can downward spiral people if they're not done correctly. And the two things, the two things that people said, I can't even remember all the great things because of course I always get the fun, <laughs> like many people, Yeah. what are the negative things? And it was not a risk taker mm. and not authentic. Mm. So not mm. authentic and not a risk taker. Mm. And I really pushed back on starting a business. I didn't want to take the risk. I liked the safety net of the six figure in salary. I liked the safety net of this. I mean, I was getting stock options every year. Mm -hmm. I was doing very well for myself, but I wasn't necessarily happy. And I'm at a point now where I'm like, I'm either going to do this or not. I'm either going to try or not. And when you talk about those naysayers, the people that judge the people that look at you and go, what are they doing? Well, you know what? I'm doing more than what they're doing. I'm leaning into that uncomfort zone. I'm 
starting a business. And these people mm-hmm. that are naysayers probably can't even imagine starting a business. The person that was your coach that said, or teacher that said, no one from this school is going to be in professional. Well, that's because he's got that limiting belief. He's mm-hmm. got that mindset that he can't. So if he can't, you can't. That's not always the case. So it's interesting that the two things that people said was not authentic and not a risk taker. And here I am starting a business and the not being authentic. I understand it took a lot for me to kind of break down. And when I left corporate America, I didn't realize how much weight I put on my success where I if I wasn't winning awards, if I wasn't climbing the corporate ladder, then I wasn't worthy of every any, of anything. And I did a lot of, I took a lot of leadership courses. I did a lot of soul searching. I really kind of got broken down to the bare bones of myself. And I've been rebuilding myself since. Mm-hmm. And I share everything now. And, and I, to a point where you know, I've talked about um, in my podcast, I've talked about overcoming postpartum depression and the life lessons that I've learned. I've talked about my mother and committing suicide. I've talked about my, how did I balance a husband deployed and, and kids and work and career and what I've learned along the way. But I've also noticed by showing up authentically, by being open and honest about some of my challenges and my successes it's built my confidence and it builds confidence in others as well, because if they can relate to that story and go, oh my gosh, she's real. Oh my gosh, I can relate to her because I'm going through that right now. When you said that, it was really shocking to me because our conversation, it's the complete opposite of, I mean, I think that you're extremely authentic. And when people are willing to share their failures, that's a real person is the ones that never say they've ever failed. Come on, man. <laughs> like everybody has failed. Everybody has failed. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and so I, but I hear people like, oh, I'm number one and I've, I've done this and I, I don't know how to lose. Be like, oh, okay. If you don't know how to lose, then you're not challenging yourself and you're not stepping out of your comfort zone and being comfortable with being uncomfortable is I believe the number one skill that every single person has to develop. The opportunity is not just going to knock on your door. Like you have to kick it in, but talk about networking within your companies, being vocal about what you want, tips or strategies that you can share with people on how to get what they want. If they feel like they're kind of stalled, they're kind of uh, spinning their wheels right now. The first thing I would say is really work on developing your brand. And your brand is a combination of how you show up online, specifically with LinkedIn, because the old days of your resume being your first impression, it's no longer there. Your LinkedIn profile is because 87% of recruiters use LinkedIn. And on top of that, if you go to apply to a job online, on average, there's 250 applicants and it goes through that artificial intelligence filtering system and less than 1% of people get hired from an online application. And so if you want to attract job opportunities, it's really honing in on developing your brand. So I know that if I am working with this individual or I want to bring this individual on to my team, I know how he shows up online. I know how he shows up in person because I've interacted with them as well. Mm-hmm. And that's also knowing when you walk into a room and you leave, how do, what do people say about you? 
What's the legacy that you are going to bring? So I would say the first thing is really hone in on developing your brand. And that's also how I got into where I'm at right now with career coaching is because I saw opportunities continue to open up the more I developed my brand on LinkedIn. And it continues. That's, that's fantastic advice. So what do you, what is the solution to the training aspect in sales? Is it just a bunch of great dynamic reps who learn how to be sales leaders and coaches aggressively going at these companies? Or do you think that there is something that's going to be a powder keg moment in the sales industry where all the companies are going to be like, we we didn't want to embrace CRMs and technology, but now everybody does. Is there going to be a revolution towards actively engaging in sales training again? Yes. Right now, the great resignation is what we're kind of calling this time period is more and more people are leaving their current roles because there's a lack of development opportunities. Mm-hmm. They're they're looking for, if I'm going to work with this company, am I going to grow with the company? Am I going to learn? Am I going to continue to develop? They're also looking at company culture. Yes, pay is important, but they're looking at company culture. And so the companies that are investing in their employees the companies are investing in the development of their employees. Those are going to be the ones that are going to succeed. Those are going to be the ones that are going to attract top talent because your biggest advocates in an organization is going to be your current employees. And if your current employees are saying, I love the company that I work for, I see opportunity to grow within the organization, then they're going to tell their friends. And that's how you're going to get you're going to attract top talent. That's how you're going to create that culture. The companies that are not investing in their employees, it's going to be stagnant. Mm-hmm. No, and so I, that's, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And and obviously it's not just pharmaceutical and medical, but that's a lot of my background. And I know that's mm-hmm. a lot of your background as well. So I've talked about uh, reinvestment. I've done courses, I've done books, et cetera. I know you're a big proponent of that. I always kind of give a very conservative number. I, I, I say 3% of whatever you expect to make in a year, that's what you need to reinvest in yourself at a minimum. That's the floor. So if you want to make a hundred thousand, you should be spending at least $3,000 a year on re-education and courses. What number would you give it? Is that too low? Is that high? Is that right? What, what do you think? What's your advice? I definitely spend more than that this year. <laughs> <laughs> Already you spent more than, wow. Okay. Oh gosh. Yes. No, I invest a lot. I invest okay. a lot into my own personal development and growth, but there's, there's, there's a lot of different resources that you can use. If a company is offering courses, a lot of the companies that I work for, they had virtual courses that you could take. Mm-hmm. They had leadership development programs. And it's a matter of you raising your hand and saying, look, this is where I want my career. This is the next step and where I want to go in my career. Can I align myself with some mentors? Are there some mentors that I would suggest? If you want to step into a marketing role, mm-hmm. then have that marketing person be your mentor and help provide perspective of what a day in the life of that role is and be part of special projects. It's It can go beyond taking courses. It could be listening. I listen to a podcast every morning. So Mm -hmm. I get on my Peloton and I listen to a podcast, depending on what I want to learn. I read books. I take courses, in-person courses. I'm going to a a three-day course coming up pretty soon. I also have coaches that I work with, depending on where I want to grow within my life. 
So it can be a combination of things, but yeah, the, the people that really excel in their career are the people that understand the value of investing in yourself mm-hmm. and continuing to grow as a person. The minute I stop investing in myself is the minute I'm going to stop growing. Yes. Besides your books, are there any books that you recommend? Mm. Yes, I have a lot. I actually have a list on my website of all my all my favorite gotcha. books, my leadership well, books. That's a, yeah. that's a great that's a great intro. So your website, uh, tell mm-hmm. everybody how people can connect with you. Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. So I definitely post a lot of tips on LinkedIn on career acceleration, sales performance, work life balance. So you can definitely connect with me on LinkedIn, Danielle Kobo. My website, daniellecobo.com. There's actually a free resource on there. There's a career acceleration workbook that's digital that people can download. Also, I have a crush your quota workbook that you can be that can download. So there's there those resources. And then I do have a list of my top favorite leadership books on there as well. My podcast, of course. But when you when to go back to your question, Simon Sinek, start with your why. Mm-hmm. was a very eye-opening book for me as to going, who am I? What is my why? What am I passionate about? And then from there, creating the job that I wanted, the career, the dream job that I wanted based on my passion. So I would say, start with your why. If you're looking into being a new manager, uh, First Break All the Rules by Marcus Buckingham was one of my favorite. That's the first book I read when I was a first-time manager. And... hmm. I got a lot. I got a lot of them. Outward mindset. I put you. Outward mindset. (laughs) I I have a whole stack of them next to me. I know. I'm looking over at my books as well. You know, I've mentioned a lot of them, and one of my favorite books was Chris Voss, um, "Never Split the Difference." Have you read that? No, not yet. It is a great book. So Chris Voss is a former FBI and negotiator, and so he talks about really in negotiating. It is really the sales process. Sales and negotiation are one and the same. People just don't realize it. And so he basically has built this style through the FBI and he tells some amazing stories. I mean, kidnappings and negotiating people, et cetera. But he also talks about how you can do it in your daily life. And I have the hard copy and I've also listened to the um, the Audible probably four or five times. It's a fascinating, fascinating book. But um, what type of podcasts? Are there any go-tos that you listen like every time that there's a new episode that drops? Is there one that you listen to or do you kind of feel a certain mood? Do you kind of, you know, I'm not really feeling hearing this, but I want to hear this voice today. Well, as an entrepreneur, I would mm-hmm. say it really depends on what areas I'm growing my business. So okay. when I first started out, I listened to Confident, Creating Confidence or Confidence Creator by Heather Monahan. She happened to be a guest on my podcast as well. Okay. And she talks about building confidence. She talked about how she had a very successful career. She was a C-level executive. And she got fired and she shares her story of being fired and rebuilding her confidence. So I listened to a lot of that in the beginning when I started my business. Right now, I'm listening to a podcast on how to self-publish your book because I'm writing a book. So, And then I've listened to podcasts on uh, social media. I listen to a lot of LinkedIn learning courses. Hmm. And then I'm, and then I'm, like I said, I'm spending it, I'm attending a three-day speaker training workshop coming up in a couple of weeks. So I'm constantly looking at things, but it just really depends on where, again, strategy, always looking at where specifically I want to grow my business and really yeah. investing time in learning it. Well, that's, 
That's absolutely fantastic. And you mentioned you have your own planner. So I just wanted to let the audience know that if you want to get a great planner, you can also get that on your website. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely get on my website. So I have a digital download that is free. And then I have a hard copy for people that are in sales and they want to really lean into when they're going into a call with a physician, how am I going to go? What are my three objectives? Mm-hmm. What order am I going to take? I mean, my background's in medical sales and dental. So it's really kind of geared towards that. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think that medical sales and dental uh, pharmaceutical is unique. You you call on the same people over and over and over again. But medical sales and dental, a lot of times, if they say no, they'll never visit with you again. So you kind of have to you build the relationship. You have to make sure that you get the audience, even if they don't buy your one product, because you might have something in the future you want to sell to them again. So it's that thin line of they may not be a customer today but they will be a customer in the future. But I think there's a lot more businesses. I think dental and medical sales, I think it's very similar to copier sales and to insurance sales. There is a lot of commonalities between those. So I don't think that just dental and medical sales could use your planner. I do want to get your planner as well. But when we were talking offline, I've tried every single planner you can possibly think of. I mean, I'm looking at four of them right now that it's just you know very unfulfilling because I just feel like there's a lot of stuff in there that I don't like and they devote so many pages to that. And I wish that there was others that I could just stick more pages in of things that I want, but I definitely want to try yours uh, out. If people are very interested in connecting with you and also hearing more about your coaching or any other thing, any other thing that you're doing, what's the best way? Is it LinkedIn? Is it going to the website? What's the best way to communicate with you? Either one's either one's an option. I'm engaged on LinkedIn every single day. I would say the best thing to do is to go to my website, daniellecobo.com. They can schedule a 30-minute career discovery session where we talk about what their career goals are and from there kind of decide what's going to best support them. And then I also have an opportunity or an option to schedule a time to discuss workshops. So if you are leading an organization and you want somebody to come in and do sales training and leadership development training, communication skills, then there's also an opportunity for that. Awesome. Well, no I'm going to put, I'm going to put everything in the call notes, how to connect with the links. Is it the Daniel Kobo or danielkobo.com? Danielkobo.com. Danielkobo.com. Which is, which I'm glad that I just said that because I wanted to tell the audience, I bought my website, mikeokelly.com. It was not available two or three years ago. So there was a Mike O'Kelly out there that had it and was like, you know what? I'm just not doing anything with it. I'm gonna get rid of it. If you're listening right now, it costs $12 a year, buy your domain. If it's available, buy it. There's only one. You don't want to have to have little hyphens or anything like that. There's only going to be one of that. So you have yours obviously running your business. I have mine. I haven't really done anything with it. I do agree. I should be doing something with it. So thank you for giving me the motivation to do something with mikeokelly.com. I don't know quite yet what I want to do with it, but- It's as simple as even if you are working in corporate America- I had a, a guest on my on my podcast where we talk about developing your building your brand. So you just have your website. Maybe it's your resume on there. Maybe it's different publications that you've written on there. But I agree with you. Everybody should should definitely purchase their domain. It's so affordable that why not? Who knows what your career is going to be 10 years from now? You could start a business and now you already have your domain. Exactly. And again, it's investing in yourself and a lot, and it's not just necessarily investing in other things. It's investing in your name. It's investing in your likeness. You know, I mean, I went out and I created a logo last year for myself and, you know, it's so funny because my friends were like, why did you create a logo? And I was like, cause I wanted to have a logo, you know, you can see it right here. It's on my shoulder, yeah. you know, I like and I was it. like, you know, I still haven't done anything with it, but I'm like, it's cool. I like it it makes me happy. So again, I don't really care what everybody says. Like, so, you know, and and so if you're listening right now, you can go to Fiverr 
And that's what I did. I went to Fiverr. It's very inexpensive. You just type in what you're looking for, what you like, find an example online. And then people are very creative across the world. And I think I got my logo for like 30 bucks. And now yeah, it's, I have so it. it's so affordable. And the surviving outside sales logo was also done there. It took like 10 hours and the guy sent it back and he sent me two logos and this one. And I was like, great, perfect. I love it. You know, and I didn't have to spend any time on it. And so go out there and do that and take charge of your career, go after what you want, create your brand. Well, I think this has been absolutely fantastic. This has been a pleasure to have you on and I'll give you the last word. If anything you want to say to the audience, go for it. I would say go after your goals, create the dream job that you want, the dream career that you want, create your seat at the table. And ultimately it comes to you. Your development is 10% your manager and 90% you. So take charge in your own development so that you can get to where you want to go in your career. Awesome. Connect with Danielle uh, on LinkedIn. Reach out to Danielle, daniellecobo.com. That's Danielle, C-O-B-O.com. Now on Spotify and some of the other platforms, you can now give uh, stars. Love to get a five-star. If I've earned it, download, share, like, comment. Please uh, reach out to the guests. Let them know you really appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.